Hi, guys. Um, believe it or not, this is our 10th podcast, <laughs> one zero. So we're Ooh. double figures, double digits. And, um, yeah, like, like any kid that grows into becoming an adolescent, we face more and more adversity, um, along with all the, the beautiful fruits of life as it presents itself with, with great gifts as we get older. So today's topic with that is relationships with ourselves and with others in the face of adversity. Um, I'm going to introduce you both as Diana Black from Milton, yeah. a psychotherapist, and Chad Taylor from Lake Conjola, holistic counsellor and psychotherapist, and myself, Dean Dampany, holistic counsellor and psychotherapist. I'm going to ask you, Di, you um, mentioned, you know, the amount of things that we've been experiencing collectively this last um, two, two and a half years now at least in terms of the big things that we are uh, we tag with being events that have been adverse. How how's that been for you and for your partner? Wow. Well, yeah. Since since pre fires, when we first got that um, warning of the catastrophic conditions, I think it was November the thirteenth. I was actually driving back from Medivision in two thousand and nineteen, and got back here and we just went from then on, we just worked day and night clearing, dragging everything away from the house, preparing. And then it wasn't till December 4th that we had the fire come through here. And then it, then it just was ongoing all the way through till January when the big one hit you guys at Conjola. And then we had another one here in Wheelbarrow after that, I think January 4th. Anyway, it was just continuous. So we didn't pretty much go anywhere except to get to go to town and and then we had um flood well you guys did we were okay up here it was welcomed here but then we had covid and then we've you know and now we've got floods again and imminent war and i was just saying to my partner last night man we are so lucky <laughs> that we actually like one another because <laughs> You know, we have been pushed to our limits, um, I reckon, and has I, we've got into narky, narky spaces that we've never been in the 23 or 4 whatever years we've been together. And just by the fact of constant stress, our, our world, you know, our, our field has switched from immediate survival in the fires to now this sadness this world sadness and i and for children especially and teenagers and babies being born and young people who haven't yet had their relationships or their babies i feel really sad because this is honestly in my life nearly 69 i am this is unprecedented inverted commas either side what do you call them what do you call it <laughs> Funny years. <laughs> That's what I call them. You know, yeah, I've lost the word anyway. You know what I mean, the vertical. So there you go. Like I think you really have to pull out every skill you have in the book, in the book, you know, in managing any conflict that comes up. And I think what we do is just 
let it go almost, walk away, spend some time on our own, just totally. We actually have in periods, during this period, there have been times when I felt like we were totally side by side and not even communicating and just processing our own stuff. And we didn't freak out. We just allowed that. And, you know, then love comes back. We, we do things like put on the stereo and pump out music that is part of both our histories and we end up really happy and dancing. And so that would be number one for me. Get out, have a first aid, mental first aid tool, toolbox. Um, pull out your favourite music, um, your favourite poems. Put the phone numbers of the people you'd love to talk to and ring them, all those sort of things, um, photographs, all those things that lift you, uplift you and, and try not to get down because this too shall pass. We know that from history. You know, people, Our parents went through, or my parents, went through terrible times. So, you know, this too shall pass. And like Chad was saying before we started, you just have to go, okay, this is how it is now and just ride it and just try not to freak out knowing that, you know, it'll get better. Oh, that's such an awesome little toolbox of tricks right there, Di. And I think the first thing that you, I know the first thing that you mentioned there without explicitly including it in the toolbox was just taking that time for yourself and not being attached to, to your partner necessarily to have that loving relationship in the midst of adversity, knowing that, we'll come, that it will come back most likely. I think that in itself just takes a little bit of the energy out of a little bit of the pressure off. Um, so, Chad, I, my question to you is, one, it's two-part. One, is it the human condition under the face of it, in the face of adversity to become more introverted to become more insular more individual less able to be able to give to the other and and if so you know going on from what Di said do we just allow that to be or is it something we need to fight for now what are you what are your little tools in that mental first aid toolbox in terms of being in relationship chad Thanks, guys. Yeah, there's a lot you just said there, and die that um that really resonated. And I guess for me, like I always seem to say, it always comes back to self. You know, it's where where am I? Because a lot of the time, I I feel in in the adversity type stuff, it's actually it's more what if. It's more projected future than what's actually going on right at this moment. Like it seems to be, from my experience, most people in the moment, they might panic but instinctively know what to do. So I think it's the the worry, the fear that gets everyone of, you know, what if, like I was just explaining about, you know, since since she got the warning, then it was just all systems go, clearing the house and doing all those things. And I could just imagine, you know, the stress she would have been under and everybody's been under, in, really. 
nobody, I don't think anyone in the world isn't really under stress at the moment. You know, and I see that coming out in a lot of people's actions and behaviours and and especially relationships. But it would be communicating, I think, communicating to your partner that, hang on a minute, this is my shit, this isn't your. Because it's easy when somebody's angry or somebody's losing the plot, depending on your attachment style and your past conditioning and how you've grown up and what your parenting, you know, what your parents were like, it can be almost easy to take on that other person's energy and that other person's stress and then wanting to soothe that for them and wanting to heal it unconsciously, not even really understanding that, like, they're just stressed. You know, so what, what I've been doing with my clients is been trying to tell them to to really verbalise how they're feeling, you know, because there will be, I feel like there will be extra little arguments and there will be, you know, you, two people can't be highly stressed in the same environment and not having an effect on each other. So it's almost like saying, look, I'm really stressed at the moment. This has got nothing to do with you. I know I'm probably acting out, but I just want to let you know that, you know, this is what's going on for me. And I feel like that has has a soothing effect on the other person rather than just, you know, that thinking, or oh, what can I do? What should I do? How can I help this person? Is it me? Am I adding to this? And And I feel like right now at the moment, there's a lot of divide in relationships. There's a lot of dividing friendships. There's a lot of dividing relationships, you know, um, with all the changes going on in the world. You know, there's two sides to every story and probably three or four sides to every story, really. And when Di spoke, to, spoke about being in unprecedented times, you know, um, it's like they use that word on every single topic at the moment. It's just become that sort of catchphrase that the media's picked up and unconsciously seems to go into our into our psyche, really. Yeah, so I'm I'm seeing a lot of a lot of people with a lot of different views on what's going on in the world that have been really united for a long time, and maybe some are becoming awakened quicker than others to what's really going on or to what may be going on or you know, and and I'm sure it's probably always been like this. But I just think with the technology we have today and how in our face it is and social media and news 24-7 and all these type of things, I feel like it's just so rammed down our throat that we, we feel we're constantly, as humans in the Western world, we're constantly in fight, flight or freeze due to due to mainly the TV and, and what's going on around it. But then, it, you know, it seems for a lot of couples to become an addiction that, you know, they feel like they're, they're not going to be informed if they if they don't know what's going on. And then that adds more stress again. It's almost like we're stuck on this, you know, collectively on this sort of mouse wheel that we can't seem to get off right at the moment. And just in saying that, I was mentioning floods and 
from where I live, we've had a couple of floods over the past couple of years and it's been horrible for people. But then the neighbour spoke to me two days ago and he showed me a spot on the tree which was um, way above my head height and he said, oh, we'll probably have to worry if, if the flood ever comes to here again. And he said, oh, this was the 1975 flood. So, you know, and it was it was way above what we're getting now. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's probably always been there, but maybe it just wasn't so in our face without these phones and technology and pings and emails and notifications and fire warning notifications to our phones and and they they serve a purpose to keep us safe a lot of the time. But then a lot of the time they don't work when they're supposed to. Like in, um, you know, we got evacuated for four days in, in Lake and Joel and the fire ripped through here and, and took out 30% of the homes virtually. Um, we never got any warning. There was no warning. We got a warning because the power went out and the technology went out before we could get a warning. So it's almost like when, when we needed it in the moment, it wasn't there. So, and I've really thought about that a lot. You know, and and every you know majority of people survived. I think we had a couple of deaths on the south coast, which is which is horrible. But for the for a fire that burned for two months straight and ripped through so many kilometres and and houses. Um, if I guess for me, it's bringing it back to self. You know, how important is this right now? How important is this tomorrow or in a couple of days? And how important is this in a year? really try and stay present and and then try and act accordingly so yeah thanks thanks for the question dean i feel like there was a lot in that for me you're welcome mate as as always you know that's an amazing contribution you know in staying present in, in the in the face of adversity whilst whilst feeling stressed if we can be present enough, hopefully we can hopefully we can find the benefits of being able to ask ourselves and experience into how we actually feel, where that feeling's coming from, um, where it's going. you know where where do we where do we actually feel it? Um, how does how does that experience actually become something that we associate with with feeling shit? Um, is it something that I've you know, developed a, an association with a past part of my life that I haven't been able to work through yet. Um, you know, the, keep on asking those questions. You know, it's it's no different to just pain in itself. You know, this thing that we call physical pain. Um, you know, we we can ask ourselves the question: Where am I actually feeling that pain? Oh, it's my knee. My knee's causing me all this this grief. But what what is the grief that? we're actually experiencing why why is it causing grief is it because i'm attached to the concept of being able to walk like if i don't move my knee potentially it doesn't hurt but hang on i've still got this fear around what's going to happen because that pain is causing me to um to project into the future a scenario that i don't know and, and that scares me so in staying present Hopefully we can actually assess that the situation may not be nearly as bad as what it is when, as you said, Chad, we, we project forward into the great unknown with all our fears associated from, 
with that. And likewise, when we bring all our associative negative associations from the past into, into the present, uh, again, it's, it's bringing baggage that in the present moment may not necessarily be something we need to worry about. I guess I couple that too with the sense of any challenge or the concept for me that I, I adhere to is that any of these challenges, any of these stressors, the things that make us uncomfortable, bring growth. So that, that brings me a lot of comfort to know that when I'm going through shit, that if I'm able to basically not not go down with it, not succumb to the burden of it and actually meet it face-to-face and reframe it, I can actually move that edge, the edginess of, of the discomfort further towards the unknown and expand up level, which is awesome. And, you know, we do this individually in our relationships with our partners and, and obviously collectively, globally. So whenever I see these, these waves of suffering, I, um, I just go, cool, another opportunity for, for myself and for all of us to, to move into a higher plane of whatever you want to call it, spirituality or depth of understanding into the unknown, um, which is, yeah, which is just really powerful for me personally. So I hope that helps. That's really, you know, my only tool in the medical wellness first aid box. Um, die. Yeah, I'm going to just, again, throw a, an open one at you. Is there, is there anything that comes up for you with, dis, with, with relation to this discussion? Heaps, yeah. Um, I, I was actually feeling into my body as you were speaking and I'm actually getting in my body underneath my sternum quite a feeling of anxiety, which I know that's very familiar to me. and. It was interesting. I don't know whether that came after speaking about the fires and possibly triggered emotions that I still haven't processed or whether um, just hearing hearing you guys, um, listening to Chad talking about technology and, and all of that, I've, I found myself going into a... Um, a bit of a feeling in, in, in around that because, yeah, the technology, number one, if I hadn't had, well, I didn't have internet out here, but we had the ABC radio, which was Lifeline. But I think the feeling I've had constantly since the fires has been a feeling of helplessness and that is a horrible feeling and not being able to do to actually act out what I want to do so much as far as wildlife that I actually was able to do that when I in my immediate surroundings I was able to feed wildlife around here but I I wasn't able to do anything but um, process what was happening here And, and and now with floods and things I've got the same feeling again want this feeling of wanting to act to help and I think that's a global feeling. Everybody in the world who watches disasters from afar, um, which, as Chad was saying, we perhaps wouldn't have access to if it wasn't for modern technology. But if you're a person that is slightly empathic or, um, you know, you're going to internalise everything that's going on in the world and 
being able to actually do something about it is wonderful. You know, I think I felt better in the fires. The best part of it was I actually connected to the land and I went out there with my wild bird seed and my root pellets and my all the sweet potatoes and I just did it every day and every day they were gone. And that was the only relief because I was actually contributing to making it better for me probably but also all the animals. But, yeah, that helpless feeling and I think fear of the future, not so much for me but that fear definitely resonates in my body and as psychotherapists and counsellors that's what we focus on is actually the connection between what we are thinking and where it manifests in our body and so we can access that thinking from our bodies first because our body will go we can go oh what was I thinking just before I felt that feeling or where was where was I at and that's also available through your dreams too. I think dreams, your unconscious experience is very real and will tell you where you're really at because our our conscious self tends to um, powder coat everything or, you know, we look at everything and justify it and rationalise everything away and then, bam, our emotions come up in a body symptom and we can go through, as Dean said, we can go through our body and I'm really feeling into this anxiety in my chest now. And it, it did start, I think, when we oh, it must have been when I was talking about that, the, you know, what we'd been through. And I guess, as, as Chad said, yeah, there has been a few years of continuous stress. And that is what happens to people. The continuous stress on the, on the physical system produces cortisol and eventually changes the actual chemistry in your brain and can lead ongoing chronic stress can then lead to anxiety and chronic anxiety leads to depression often so if you can trace it back and work with that if you can't even remember how you got there you know you can work through your body slowly figuring it out and processing it layer by layer um i'm a bit i'm a bit rambling now i think but um yeah, in in regard to relationship, definitely we're on a solo journey anyway. I think the the relationship is kind of a bit of a an illusion, well, not an illusion, but we aren't. We're we're still alone, and it's a comfort to have somebody out there to reflect against. But uh, yeah, we're all processing, and um. I think I'll throw it back to you now, sort of run out of what I was saying. <laughs> I die. That's, that's brilliant. Um, Chad, before I hand it over to you to wrap it up in the last five minutes, one thing that you mentioned, Chad, is um, just expressing, communicating to each other how we feel, um, just stepping into, into our vulnerability a little bit more, which I think collectively, especially as men, actually, I think we're particularly bad at. Um, so that's that's another little tool in that toolbox that, that I'm definitely putting a, a big, bold, like, texture mark around, just expressing that. But beyond that, I think what we can do is, as facilitators for the happiness of others, which is what ultimately we want to do paradoxically to, to feel more um, 
to feel less stressed, to feel happier in ourselves, being able to give to others brings us so much deeper levels of so much greater contentness. So in doing, in finding that, we can just simply ask the other person or the collective other group, what is it that I can do to help? Can you help me understand more about where you're at? What is it that you are experiencing? I, I see that you're I see that you're undergoing um, some stuff that looks like it's big and and I'd love to be able to understand more as to how that feels for you. Um, yeah, it's it's again connecting as much as you know this concept of of self is is everything and you know we are alone in so many ways we're also um all one and the same at source so in understanding each other more the more we can actually be comforted by that by that um yeah by that sense of of being relieved for everything going back to nature again as well i won't go into that but getting back to source by understanding how we work um as people as nature full stop chad i'll let you wrap it up cheers mate Yeah, thanks, Dane. Thanks, Di. It's um, yeah. I guess we have to know what we're feeling inside ourselves to be able to communicate it with another person, and that's that's probably lost in in the world a lot as well. Like, I don't. I just think around the people that are close to me and and clients that are close to me, and I don't think many people even know what they're feeling, let alone how to communicate it to others which is like I touched on, you know, the importance of journaling and inner work and and kind of dreams, you know. Dreams are definitely messages from the unconscious, you know, the collective unconscious trying to sort of, in, in my opinion, get me a message when my thinking function is offline. I think I shared the other week about in the podcast the other week about, you know, the feeling function and the thinking function and, you know, wherever we're strong in one, we're probably weak in the other. And I feel like collectively we're all so caught in the thinking function, there is no time for the feeling function. I guess to, to sum it up for me, it would be trying to investigate um, how to build that feeling function, to know what you're feeling, to be able to communicate it. It's almost like, you know, watching watching a child that, you know, is, is starting to become into a teenager. Watching they don't know how to deal with their hormones. They don't know what they're feeling. They they could cry or punch things if they're angry or act out. It's like they're disassociated to to what they're actually feeling and, and they, they can't express it. So they express it other ways and and then fast forward to, you know, a 45-year-old man that's angry that someone's overtaken him and he, he pulls them over on the side of the road and, and has a physical altercation. There's not much difference in that, that grown adult not knowing how to, how to deal with their emotions or what they're feeling. And, and generally when we, when we have a feeling, we want to try and project it onto somebody else. You know, because it relieves us a bit that we don't actually know what we're doing. You know, so anger, the, the, the feeling of anger or, I said, helplessness. So then we've got that feeling of helplessness, so we automatically try and go and help, hoping that it makes us feel less helpless, you know. 
but sometimes for me it's, it's and what I do with my clients is it's about really feeling into that helplessness and, and maybe doing a process on it. Why do I feel so helpless? You know, why? And we're all helpless at the moment, really, to what's going on in a lot of parts of the world. You know, it's almost, I don't know how good it is to know what's, personally, to know what's going on without being able to do anything about it. It's almost like we take on all this energy of the TV and all the stuff going on in the world and we don't know what to do with it. So I guess I'm just going to leave everyone to say maybe we should start really the practice of meditation, getting your feelings out on the paper, talking to people, being in this conversation and trying to learn what what is actually going on for you, not what you think is going on because a lot of the times it will be different. I think we're going to sign off here, psychotherapists on the South Coast. If anyone needs an appointment, ring it, any or all of us and... See you guys next week. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Di. That was great. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.